Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast, Ask the Expert Edition. I'm Andy Hebel, the Chief Operating Officer and one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. Today we're here with expert Matt Trainum, who is the Vice President, Networks and Strategic Partnerships at the Council of Independent Colleges. Welcome, Matt. Andy Kelly, good to see you again. Good to be with you again. Good to hear from you again. Nice to see you again, Matt. So our question from our listener today, it's actually a series of several questions within this question. So our question for Matt today is, it sometimes feels like the message is that everyone is replaceable in higher ed, which creates opportunities for good people and employees to look elsewhere for their next role. What are some practical strategies for retaining our talented and valued members of the workforce? And the second part is, is retention of the experienced employees a factor in student enrollment and institutional success? I know that was a lot there, Matt, but could you break that down for us? What are your thoughts? Andy Kelly, wonderful to be with you again today. Thanks for the invite. I listened to this question and I, I went where probably we immediately go, which is trying to answer the question and thinking about some practical strategies for retaining talented employees. And then I kind of paused for a minute and took a breath and realized that this question really reflects the morale of the moment. Our field is in an existential crisis. That crisis is being felt in our bodies, in our minds, in our spirits. And uh, we're asking, am I wanted and do I have value? And we're asking that about ourselves and we're asking it about our field in a way that we haven't had to ask or reflect on in a long time. I think this connects to a, a whole lot. I'm not going to try to list it all. Certainly the outer society and the challenges going on in our world the destabilization brought on by technology, the sense of a poly crisis of urgencies everywhere, uh, our political landscape, all of that is part of that. Sam Altman, the inventor of ChatGPT, made a comment the other day about how this is, this is really, we're on the verge of a lot more sense of uh, what I might call an unmooring from what we've been and from how society has operated. And so all of that leads into this, this question of the moment. Uh, my colleague, Marjorie Haas, the president of CIC, talks about a post-enlightenment moment where our position in society as a sector is no longer treasured. You know, higher education, we used to be on the hill, and uh, perhaps we're going to a moment where we might actually be back in the caves, protecting things by candlelight and keeping intelligence and, and intellectual thought moving forward. I don't mean to go too deep with all that. I think I just did. But when I listen to this question, I sense that element. Uh, I'll just I'll just stop there for a minute and see what you all think about that. I agree. I, I appreciate you breaking it down like that. I think that's a perfect way to look at it. I'm still recovering from your answer. Um, <laughs> Can you repeat that? <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's a destabilizing moment, isn't it, Andy? I, I think it's it's absolutely that, and I think that that is definitely the the feel of the question and probably the second part of that question, like how important is it to retain employees for student enrollment and institutional success? Right. And I think actually, and I'm going to go, you went pretty macro on it. I'm going to go pretty micro because I actually think in asking the question, the answer remains in it. It's the same thing with any successful organization, which is success begets success, that the value of the team is more than the value of each individual. And one of the reasons why it might feel like everybody is replaceable is because the teams that people want to work for, everybody is replaceable because the team is good and people want to come and work for the team. Mm. And 
I realize from a faculty perspective in some very specialized disciplines, you might lose an elite scholar. That's not what I'm talking about here. Obviously, if you have the leading scholar in, in their area and you lose them, that's a big deal. But that's not all of academia. There are elite scholars like that, but they're counted in the dozens and the hundreds across America, not in the, the thousands and mm. ten thousands across America. In those instances, if you strive to build a team where you have success, people are replaceable because people will move. They have freedom of choice. It's their careers. Right. Let the good people go do roles that they think they'll thrive in and let them go build good teams other places if they can. I think that's where it's also often felt like that's a negative. Well, I'm replaceable. I want to be replaceable. I want to be part of a team that thrives after I'm gone. Because that means I'm in a place that that is just a heck of a lot of fun to do what I love doing. But then on the flip side of that, when you're currently in that situation, maybe you don't feel valued. So maybe that's where this perspective is coming from. Yeah, great. When I'm gone, I want to feel missed. But like, what about right now? Actually, I think that's what it comes down to. I guess I am presuming that good teams have good leaders. Good leaders make each member that is valued part of that team because they know the success of the team is going to help get another person who thinks that way. And that actually is what I think helps retain you. You're not going to maintain that good team for a very long time if you're not going to make people feel valued in that role. Right. So I, I imagine that both of those teams exist, right, Andy? So you've got the, the high-performing team where people are replaceable in the best of ways, and you have the low-performing team where the people are replaceable in the worst of ways. The question about retention strategies, I'll, I'll just say two or three things real quick on that, and I'll start very specific and go a little more general. Uh, Y'all, money and job perks and job quality are certainly things, right? We don't necessarily go there immediately, but our field is getting outpaced by pay in other fields. And that's a real factor. I was looking at some research actually this week that showed the pressure to have higher education employees in the office is not actually matching up with the student surveys, at least for traditional four-year institutions, about how they want to interact with staff and faculty. They're fine doing it virtually. They're happy after hours. They're comfortable on an app. So you might ask, do your financial aid staff need to be in the office, right? So I think there's some quality money job factors, which are certainly worth consideration if you want to keep people in today's error. And back to that question of turnover, the more turnover, the harder it is to do everything. I think you want to keep top quality performers in whatever way, assuming they want to stay. So money, job quality items are, are one. I'll go a little bit more theoretical here for a second item and say, what I like to talk about has directed agency. You know, when we talk about agency and work, I think there was a moment when we talked about involvement and picking the problems to solve. I don't think that a lot of folks get to pick the problems to solve anymore. I think institutional leadership is having to identify those problems. I think directed agency is not picking the problems to solve, but solving the problems that have been picked and being empowered to do so. I know, I know there's going to, I'm going to, you're going to get some push on that, but I, I do believe that's where it is right now. And that's from being on campuses and finding people picking the wrong problems to solve. So we have, we have really specific outcomes we need in higher ed. I think we need to target those. And I think we need to unleash the brilliance we have into those areas. And I'll say one more factor and then I'll, I'll hush for a minute. There's all sorts of things that you might find on a list outside of these two pieces. The next one I'll highlight is the culture of hope and excitement for the future and an invitation to the party. I think higher ed has too much dystopia right now, too much 
sadness from the changes that we mentioned at the start of this answer. And so how do we invite people into a positive future? There's all sorts of factors to that. That is a keen retention strategy, a sense from leadership that the future can still be ours, even in this changing landscape. You're spot on with that last point. The choice of where you put your chips on the table and how you cultivate hope and excitement is what's going to help keep retention moving in the right direction. I also would say, I think they're just feel free, both of you to push back on me. The idea that leadership just has to accept that turnover of quality people is part of the process. If you don't have the opportunity for good people, I think it's a retention strategy to celebrate them as they leave to find that opportunity someplace else. And what you're hoping for is for good people to have good opportunities someplace else if you can't provide that. And there just becomes a pragmatic part of your endeavor that you're not going to be able to provide at a certain level that. But if you're doing things right, you might have two or three other people who may be able to internally step into that role. And if you don't, you're probably going to have good luck finding somebody else to replace that role vis-a-vis your peer organizations. So the idea, it's kind of like you have a dynamic changing organization, you have a static organization, and then you have uncertainty, which actually can happen in both of those organizations. The uncertainty part of this is difficult. Uncertainty is always part of all of this. Tomorrow, you could have four key staff members walk in and quit out of the blue and say, I'm out of here. And you're suddenly being a very stable organization to both being a changing organization and one with uncertainty. Accepting the fact that that's just part of either side of the coin of where you're at is part of the leadership. Keeping your eye on, and this is the second part of this question, keeping those experienced people to keep student enrollment going and to have your institution thrive and succeed, those are the problems that you need to be addressing. And that's the singular focus of what you have to do first and foremost before you do anything else. Andy, this conversation actually reminds me of the podcast we had with Mark Coldren when he said that was his job. If someone comes to him, a star performer, and says, hey, I'm taking another opportunity, of, of course, like we don't want to lose someone really good because we're like, oh, you know, now that I have to, I have to fill that in. We can figure it out. But the majority of his feelings, I feel like we're like, that's what I want. I want another person to develop and grow and, and spread their wings and go someplace else. So yeah, it's, it's not always easy, but it's, it's good to, to let these people develop sometimes someplace else. It's not like your favorite player on the Cubs has been traded to the White Sox and now they're on a different team and they're against your team. See them go and thrive someplace else. Also, when you're looking at their colleagues who stay, that's going to show that you're really invested to everybody in the people who you work with and work for. That's a big deal. Matt, I know we kind of have taken over the conversation. Any other thoughts you have to add to this? Well, I love listening to those comments and I'm reflecting on really the challenging sense and environment on many campuses, right? And and the challenging morale issues and the, the sadness and the sense of cuts that are being experienced at a lot of places. Uh, and so your, your comments resonate with me in the good examples. And I know that folks are in places that are struggling and the narrative is really hard and the moment is really hard and they're, they're attempting to figure out what to do, right? 
And I, I think for individuals, what we're saying here is we're saying attempt to lead in hope. And we're asking that both of individuals and of leadership. And we're also asking for individuals in leadership to imagine spaces for agency and growth and contribution, because that's where meaningful work can be found. And then perhaps for leadership, especially, we're inviting them to think about what can you do to make the daily tasks and the daily work more sustainable. And that could be money and that could be job quality items. And so I, I was just grounding back in the, the reality that many folks are in a challenging place and also acknowledging that that is not a permanent condition and that it can change. Thank you for that reminder, Matt, because you're right. We're definitely talking about the ideal situation and what you strive to be able to do. And there are, in some instances, pretty large challenges for institutions out there to overcome. And what you can do in those times and in these instances is really, really important. Thank you, Matt. Well, thank you for all of that. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or tweet us at higheredjobs. Your questions are what create these episodes, so please let us know what's on your mind. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.